Dr. Garland, faculty, staff, and Truett family, it is good for me to be here this day. For truly this is the day that the Lord has made and I must be glad in it. When I was invited again to come to the seminary, I must admit I, I accepted this with a little bit of, of trepidation because it brought back to my own mind the many experiences that I had as a seminarian. The many long nights anguishing over papers that I knew were designed to stretch my theological understanding, but on another side of me, I wondered if it was to appease the professor's desire for torture. <laughs> I'll let you decide. On a particular night while working on a paper for a systematic theology too, I was pondering if the use of parenthesis in a particular sentence were appropriate. Upon referring the blue book of grammar and punctuation, I found a definition for parenthesis that is quite applicable to life. Rule one says we use parenthesis to enclose words or figures that clarify or are used as an aside. Suddenly it dawned on me that what holds true in grammar is often held true in life. That much of our life is influenced by things that occur within the parenthesis. Much happens in life that we are unaware or ill-informed, but they exist Within the parenthesis, God has parenthetically placed them to give meaning to this journey we call life. Such is true in the life of Job. All Job saw was life changing, but did not know that within the parenthesis of his life, God and Satan, are carrying on a cosmic conversation of which he was not privy. Job's response to this parenthetical perplexity is, but he knows the way I take. When God has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. How awful it must be to be a major character in a plan, be unaware of the plan, and unfamiliar with the plot. People turn to various sources in order to cope with crises in their lives. The many societal ills we face are symptomatic of the lack of direction in our lives and the inability to manage properly life's crises, stresses, and the trials that we face. At times we find ourselves plagued by so many things that cause us to lose hope. Without a firm faith in God, our lives can be wrecked and left in shambles. 
There's much debate concerning the factual and historical accuracy of Job, whether Job is mythopoetic or factual. The reality is that gives an amplified view of the thread of suffering that is woven into the tapestry of human experience. The immortal story of Job helps us to see that no matter how great the difficulties we face, our faith in God sees us through. Roger Hahn says it's not surprising that such a profound book might be difficult to understand. It, it is surprising that we know so little about the historical background of Job. There is no book of either Old or New Testament for which we have less idea about the author, date, the place of writing, and even the context of the writing. We're familiar with the story of Job, a man who withstood every test. Job was an extraordinarily pious man who was especially blessed by God. Yet the same God, who once granted Job life, love, and providential care, had given Satan permission to put Job to the test of his piety and prove that he would trust God even when he didn't understand what was going on. This testing was based on one condition, that he would not touch his soul. The extreme case of Job's unmerited woe, as with any and every instance of apparent senseless suffering, raises the ultimate question of divine justice and meaning and purpose for life. What is this purpose? What is this direction which is known by the divine that would cause such anxiety and agony along the way? We, we too find ourselves baffled at times with life's situations, but the lesson to be learned is keep the faith. For God knows what's going on, even when it appears that we don't. Life's going well for Job. His relationship with God is one that even Scripture attests is like none in all the earth. Suddenly, the skies of Job's peaceful existence are darkened by the clouds of calamity and the storms of suffering. Without a warning or premonition, the whole universe tumbles down on Job when, when, when God allows Job to, to encounter here something that wreaks havoc in his life. Job has become a pawn in the hand of the divine, yet he is clutched by the scheme of the devil. A messenger comes to him. Job, the oxen were plowing and the asses were feeding beside them. The Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword. And before he could finish this bad news, another messenger comes. Job, the fires from hell fell from, from heaven. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. Before this message finished, another comes. Job, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house and all of a sudden a great wind came across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house which fell on them and they are dead. 
Doesn't stop there. For Job himself is stricken with a dire disease. Causes loathsome sores to spread all over his body. Yet with his mouth, Job still does not sin. In addition to these difficulties, Job has to deal with his family and close friends, which only intensifies his burden. Job's wife, his partner in God's created order, Job cursed God and died. His friends, he's known for many years, all come around when they hear of Job's catastrophe, initially sympathetic in all they do to comfort him, only to end up accusing him. Job, you must have done something wrong, and God is mad with you. We've got to ask ourselves as we take a backward glance at Job's life and experience says, how do I live with the parenthesis of God? First of all, to live with the parentheses of God we must rest in the fact that God knows the direction of all of our lives. I traveled to Cedar Park a couple of weeks ago and I was sharing in a worship service with a friend who was preaching and lecturing at one of the Episcopal churches there. I wrote down the directions thinking I had them down only to go through a couple of toes and I became lost, which was so unlike me when I travel, as my wife can attest, rarely do I get lost. So I drove a little distance and I pulled into a convenience store only to end up even more frustrated because it was run by people unaware of where I was trying to go. I went a few blocks down the street to another store to come in contact with a cashier who had just moved to the area and was totally oblivious to what I was asking. And, and so while I was sitting in my car with, without a telephone number to the church, time was drawing near, I was mad at myself because of my inability at that moment to figure direction and a voice spoke to me and said, what about your portable GPS system? <laughs> I realized at that moment that what I needed was riding with me all the time. It is within God's parenthesis that we find not a global positioning system, but God's positioning system. Job says, but he knows the way that I take. What a resolution from one who's gone through so much. One who knew what it meant to follow God so closely. One who knew God was leading his life. All of us have a divine purpose in life. One that God will help us to understand. For God knows the paths that we all take. The Hebrew study of this phrase helps to make clear for us that Job, that God knew the way in Job. 
In essence, God knew Job's consciousness, the very essence of whom he was and, and who he was. Despite his Job's anxiety, this resolution that God knows the way we take is a matter for Job of a nevertheless, for it comes out of his experiences with the Almighty. God is acquainted with all of our ways, whether on the mountain or in the valley. The way is known by God because God is leading the way and has a divine purpose for all our lives. Job has not only had to deal with external catastrophe, but also internal hope. There are times when life just doesn't make sense. We too realize that God has a way which no man can thwart. Job still rebels, however, though he does not, he does not, he does his best to, 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 to repress his complaint. He, he is still in quest of God, now convinced that if I can find him, God would treat me reasonably. He says, oh, that I knew where I might find God, that I might come even to God's seat. I would argue my case with God, but I cannot find him. Nevertheless, I will trust God, for God will vindicate me either in this life or the life to come. Are there not those times even for us when it seems God is nowhere near? When nights seem long and prayers unanswered, we too resolve and say, oh, that I knew where I might find God. Like Job, we must declare, nevertheless, I will trust God. Where is God when humanity is crying out? Where is God? When children are starving and doth feel, where is God in the midst of all the political incivility happening in America and around this world? Where is God? When in the words of Dr. Joel Gregory, the stock market reads like a bad EKG, I've come to suggest that God is actively operating within the perimeters of the parenthesis. Can God see through human eyes? Does God share humanity's limitations? Job seeks ultimate vindication in spite of death. Job resolved to speak out and question God. It takes a whole lot of faith for Job to argue with God in the light of his circumstances. Life deals us some inexplicable experiences and, and, and it does, we too, at times we wonder if God even cares. Though it seems the hand of God is nowhere near, Job helps us to be ever mindful that even in the midst of trials, there is one who knows the direction of our lives. 
how well I remember doing a statistical data document for my, for my doctor of ministry. And when I started printing the report, I noticed a blank page. I initially thought that the printer was malfunctioning. I thought this until I looked near the bottom of the page and saw this note, page intentionally left blank. After some relief, a different section of the report began to spout from the printer. When that section finished, another blank page followed with the same note. Page intentionally left blank. A few seconds later, a new section began to print. And, and as I thought about it, I realized that the blank page that came at the end of each section served two purposes. First, it informed me that the previous section had ended. Second, it informed me that a new section was about to begin. And sometimes God will seem silent in life's parentheses and we wonder what's going on and where is God. But, but it's possible that the current page in our life may have been intentionally left blank because God knows another chapter is about to start. Not only, not only must we know in living with the parentheses of God that God knows the directions of our lives, but secondly, living with the parentheses of God, we are sustained in the trials we experience. Trials are a part of our very existence and, and can be instrumental in the growth and development of our faith. Job says, when God has tested me, Job represents trials in which all humanity struggles in one way or other. We are all tried and tested in different ways, but when we lose faith, we lose the assurance that God will see us through. Oh, that we could reach those who have followed, who have allowed the demonic forces to claim their very condition of existence, or those who say, I cannot, I can manage my own on my own without any help from anybody. They must realize in these moments that they are clinging to a confidence that will fail. We are often so perplexed by some of the things that happen to us and around us. With what we know about God, we often cannot adapt our knowledge base to what we see, hear, or experience in our lives and in this world. Most of our confusion arises because we have forgotten that God is more than we can imagine. God says through the prophet Isaiah, my ways are not your ways, neither are your thoughts my thoughts. But there is particularity made manifest in this text. For the trials that Job had to undergo mirrors for us one who is embodied in God's grace. This one knew what it meant to be tried. This one knew what true suffering was all about. This one knew what it was like to be oppressed with agony of his own personhood question. This one cried out in his deep and darkness, darkest moments, 
Father, why hast thou forsaken me? It's Job that we find a clue to this one. Yes, there is one who knows the path we take and who is with us in the midst of our trials. Thanks be to God that living with God, parenthesis, we are sustained in our trials and enabled to come out better and not bitter. Dr. A. A. Lewis Patterson tells of his first trip out of Texas to St. Louis, Missouri. His father worked on the railroad and told him that the journey was some 908 miles. Somewhere along the journey was a tunnel. His sister, Sister Cooper Washington, who who belongs to Second Baptist here in our city, had had gone to St. Louis the year before. And when she got back, she gathered all of them on the front porch and, and told them in detail about this dark tunnel. The tunnel was less than a quarter of a mile long, but but the mere thought of going through that tunnel scared Dr. Patterson so much until he considered not even taking the journey. In other words, he almost missed the journey by focusing on the tunnel. A whole lot of times, we miss out on all that life has to offer because we can't get past the thought of dark tunnels. But we must remember that most of the journey is tunnel free. To live with God's parenthesis, we must rest in the fact that God knows the directions of all our lives. To live with the parenthesis of God, we must remember that we are sustained in the trials we experience. But finally, when you live with the parenthesis of God, God positions us for the completion of God's ultimate purpose for our lives. For there is a continual move toward this end. Job says, I shall come forth as gold. Shall looks to the future. Shall is not yet. It's within the parenthesis of God. Job is demonstrating for us a prophetic existence that even in the midst of trials suffered, we too shall come forth, come forth more mature, come forth more ready to serve humanity, come forth more humble, come forth more loving. Job knew that these trials were mere tests. But when the testing was over, after he had been pierced through and through, after he had been thrown into the refiner's fire, God Almighty will see the effect it had and that now he had come through as gold. See, gold gets better the longer it stays in the fire because all the dross and all the impurities are then burned off. Faith gets better through suffering. Jesus represents for us the ultimate in suffering. The ultimate was in his life. Death, resurrection, for it gives us hope in our trials. There are situations in life that shall be hard to understand. But stay in God's parenthesis. Let the trials come if they must. 
but stay in God's parenthesis. Let the tears flow if they must, but stay in God's parenthesis. When it seems like you're in this world all by yourself and God is nowhere to be found, don't give up. God will see you through. Paul Sarah tells the story of a man refining gold as he traveled through Calcutta. The man was cooking the gold in a frying pan and he would per periodically look into the pan. When queried by Sarah about looking into the pan, the man replied this, when I can see my reflection in the pan, I know all the dross will be out. Job declares unto us that which gives us hope for living with God's parenthesis. God knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, Job says, I shall. Shall is a good word. Shall means not yet. Shall means it's on the horizon. Job says, when I come get through this, he says, I shall. Oh, our secret for living life with the parenthesis of God is knowing that we do not know what we, what we shall be like, but when he shall appear, this we do know. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. That's the one we're trying to get to. That's the one who knows all about us. That's the one who knows the way that I take when he has tried me. I shall, you shall, we shall come forth as gold. Can I just say one time, hallelujah.